Welcome to the Sample Chapter Podcast, the show where authors read a sample chapter from one of their books. Here's your host, Jason A. Meiske. Bonjour, my friends, and welcome to episode 209 of the Sample Chapter Podcast. Oh my gosh, this week I am so delighted to welcome back to the show, Diane Franklin. Uh, You guys know Diane Franklin. She's an iconic 80s American film actress known for her dark curly hair and dialects that she does in uh, several movies, including the one that we are talking about today. That's right. We are talking about her new book, which is all about the making of Better Off Dead. It's a movie tribute book, and it is a blast, and I cannot wait to get over to that interview. It's going to be coming up here in just a few moments. We had such a good time talking, uh, talking about, well, I mean, we're talking about all kinds of things, you know, because it's, it's all about the movie. And, and let me tell you, it was it was difficult for me to stay on task and uh, not, not just fanboy out and talk about the movie and her role and about Lane, played by John Cusack, uh, or bring up other parts of it. Uh, and yet I still did and t- at times. And uh, I had to keep reminding myself, hey, come back. This is a book. We're talking about the book, not exactly talking about the movie. But it was it was a great conversation. Among everything about the book, we're discussing how uh, she put the book together and how it's written. The style as far as like each chapter is, is so unique. Uh, we discuss her character, uh, Monique, and uh, what she means to the film and, and the legacy of that movie that it has. I think a whole lot of the legacy, I think really is owed to Diane's character of Monique and the way it was played. Now, I don't believe during the interview that we, we didn't get a chance to discuss the, uh, the ebook version of this book. Uh, but what we did discuss it off the air. And, uh, so I can tell you right now there is at this time, there is no ebook version of the story, but that's because it's such a collector's edition. It is a collector's thing that you want to take with you to uh, Comic Cons or other things and have the cast sign it because there was a whole lot of the cast members who she got to interview and talk to, including the director, Savage Steve Holland. Uh, so, you know, this is one that you want to pick up a physical copy of and then have it signed. Now, with that in mind, uh, this episode is airing coming up on Tuesday, April 12th. So just a few days away, Diane Franklin will be at the uh, Hollywood Show Convention, April 14th and 15th. And she tells me that she will have copies of the book there. So you need to, uh, well, you can click the link in the show notes for one thing. And uh, you can see right where that's going to be. But if you're in front of your computer right now, you can click and uh, just hop on over to hollywoodshow.com and uh, see uh, all the other amazing stars that are going to be there. Uh, Diane is also going to be at 80s in the Sand, a week-long 80s celebration. And so that's coming up as well later on this year. So, yeah, you want to you wanna make sure that you're following Diane by clicking the link in the show notes so that you know everywhere that she's going to be and that you can look up the rest of the cast and find out where they, they're going to be. And yeah, get them to sign this book. Cause again, this is another one of the things I think we talked about off the air, but better off dead does not have a, I don't believe it has a commentary track. There's no behind the scenes tidbits. It's all going to be 
here in this book. Stay tuned. We're going to have a great conversation. And Diane does a very sweet reading from uh, from a portion of the book. And it's it's really, really good. And uh, yeah, it's I can't wait to get you on over to it. So once again, stay tuned for that. It's coming up here in just a moment. Real quick, I do want to thank my sponsor, Scrivener. Uh, you know, this past week, I've had a lot of fun writing in my uh, in my upcoming Bandit 2 book. Now, I had a hiccup, and I mentioned it here a week or so ago, how I had to go back and write an action scene because I'd written like five or six chapters without any kind of action. So I went back, added an action scene, and you know how, how it goes. I suddenly found myself having uh, that action scene changed some things going forward. Now, something very unique about Scrivener is you can actually open up multiple chapters in different panes. Like you can have the work right in front of you. So I was actually, I had the chapter that I was working on and then the chapter that I was pulling information from because the one I was writing was making the other one moot. Although I still needed information from that. And so rather than clicking back and forth between them, I just pulled them up side by side and there they are. That and so many other things is why I love Scrivener. And you're going to love it too. So pay attention to this quick ad and find out how you can save 20% on the regular desktop version. Jason here. Hey, I wanted to take a moment and tell you about my favorite writing tool, Scrivener. Now, I know you've heard about Scrivener because their writing software has been embraced by hundreds of thousands of other writers like you and I, from the novice to best-selling novelists. The reason we all use it is because of Scrivener's core concept to bring all the writing tools you use together in a single application. And with tools like automatic backup, character maps, project goals, and let's not forget that amazing corkboard, you can see why I use Scrivener every day. As a bonus for Sample Chapter Podcast listeners, use code CHAPTER for 20% off your desktop version. Scrivener Writing Software, built by writers for writers. As always, thank you so much to Scrivener for sponsoring the show. I also want to give a big shout out to my affiliate sponsor, Writer's Block Coffee. They have three delicious flavors to choose from. There's the Writer's Block Signature Blend, the Deadline Dark, and the Whiskey Barrel Aged Blend, which, as you all know, that one is my personal favorite. You can try one, you can try them all, you can order one or sign up for automatic shipping and never run out. Hey, click that link in the show notes so that uh, you can hop on over or just go right over to writersblockcoffee.com and make sure you use coupon code SAMPLECHAPTER for 10% off your order. And as an affiliate, you're going to be helping out the show as we get just a little bit of something that goes towards helping us out. Finally, I want to thank Pop Goes the Culture Network, home to about 10 other amazing shows, all of them pop culture related and all of them fantastic. Hey, go check out Fanatics at the Fan uh, or Two Dads Review, just to name a couple of them. And uh, you are going to love everything that they offer week in and week out. Click that link in the show notes for more. Now, make sure you are also following the Sample Chapter Podcast on social media. We are available on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. It's very easy to find, just Sample Chapter Podcast. You can also go to our website at samplechapterpodcast.com and click the links in there for all of that. Uh, I do share, um, of course, every episode each week. I share it a couple of times. Plus, I have links for our sponsors and affiliates, our uh, podcast friends, 
and I do share old episodes so that, that way you can uh, you know hear about another author who we talked about a year ago, two years ago, five years ago at this point. Can you believe it? Five years ago. <laughs> so make sure to search us out and follow us on social media. If you're not a social media type person, but you want to reach out to the show, you can do so by contacting me at samplechapterpodcast at gmail.com or leave me a voicemail. I would love to have some new voicemails to play on the air in an upcoming episode. So give me a call at 660-851-1146 and uh, tell me something good so you can hear yourself in an upcoming episode. (laughs) All right, ladies and gentlemen, it is time to get on over to my conversation with the delightful Diane Franklin. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another exciting and most excellent episode of the Sample Chapter Podcast. I am joined today by uh, by a friend of the show, a previous guest, all the way back from October of 2018, episode 38. I am here with the wonderful, the delightful, the excellent babe of the 80s, Miss Diane Franklin. Welcome to the show, Diane. Welcome back. What a fabulous and exciting intro. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, Thank you for that. I don't know whether to say that uh, it is most excellent or say I see it is magnifique, très bien, très, très bien. <laughs> Thank you. I'll just say merci buckets. How's that? <laughs> merci buckets. That's right. That's right. <laughs> oh my gosh. That is wonderful. Yeah. And, and that was so much fun to, uh, you know, that I, it made my night. I was uh, moonlighting, working at night at the theaters again uh, when that first year when I was doing the show. And then I, I thought just on a whim, oh, wow, Diane Franklin has a book about the 80s and all these movies that she was in, the excellent stuff. I was like, why not? I'll try it. What, what the heck? And I could not believe when you wrote back and was like, oh, yeah, it was like excellent. And it was like, oh, I'm like bouncing around the theater. And, you know, unfortunately, there was like two kids there who knew who you were. And they were like, oh, really? <laughs> I was like, guys, you've got to see Better Off Dead. You've got to see Bill and Ted. You got to see all these movies. And <laughs> well, you know, it is funny because um, you know, obviously, it, it's to know my career, you really have to be someone who loves movies and is sort of that loves boutique and indie films and loves the '80s. There's a lot of, I mean, there's a lot of ways you can find out about me. And I mean, I'm even doing movies now, but it is really exciting when people get that look in their eye. <laughs> they just like go, oh, it's you. And I go, oh my gosh, it is, it's me. Um, it's And it's exciting because it's been so many years, you know? Yeah. Uh, I mean, gosh, I, it was 40 years. I mean, I did a movie called The Last American Virgin 40 mm-hmm. years ago, I did it. And Amityville too, 40 years ago. So oh um, just kind of, a thir- probably, I guess 35 years ago or so I did Better Off Dead. So. Um, I'm just always very grateful and happy that people remember these wonderful, cool films. Like, I just think it's really fun. Of course. Well, I mean, especially with like the uh, the film we're talking about today. I mean, you were an integral part of it. And th- that just that just it stands out to me. I mean, you were you were the main love interest. You were the guy or you, you were the girl that made all the guys go like, oh, I want a girl to move in across the street like that. So I mean, it was... I, I, I have to 
to tell you something really funny. And it's, and it's funny you say that because just yesterday I was talking to, um, I was doing tech um, for a, a play that I'm directing mm-hmm. and the tech guy said to me, I was like, oh, you know, and I, he, he knew me like as director. So he's like, okay, you're directing. And, and then he said, and I don't know something I was talking about being in the entertainment business. I kind of thought that he knew I was an actress for some reason. I don't know. And so I said, oh yeah, when I worked in television film, you know, it was, I went through this and blah, blah, blah. And we were talking about the technical aspects. And then he turned to me and he went, oh my God, I was in love for you with you for about two years. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I hope I'm not a disappointment now, but it's like, it was so funny. It was like out of the clear, I saw his eyes go, that it all, you, like really, really fun. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. Well, yeah, I mean, and everybody, I guess what we should do is, is let's bring up the, uh, the book. So this is the uh, part of your series. Uh, yeah. that you're doing the excellent Take a deep breath for this one. Take a deep breath. Okay, here we go. Yes. All right, here we go. The excellent comedy of the last American French exchange babe of the eighties. This one is the better off dead movie tribute book. That's right. The movie from 1985 folks, better off dead starring our guest, Diane Franklin. What a great book. Oh, uh, well, I have to tell you, thank you for that because it has gotten such a favorable responses. So, so far, so, so far, so good. Um, it, it just came out. Um, it came out in February and my birthday because I, I too like to have a, something exciting going, Ooh, I did that on my birthday. And I, I wanted to make sure I got it out. Um, and uh, actually the thing about this book, first of all, I love the film. And, and it's what it's my favorite film uh, in the sense, um, you know, I love the character Monique. I think it was the one closest to who I am as a real as a person, real person. Mm-hmm. And when I first did it, I explained how it happens in the book. But when I first decided to do this book, I was a little hesitant because my other books come from a perspective of my perspective on my career and how I only me as far as my experiences. Mm-hmm. But when I decided to do this book, this book was more like a, an account of the film facts. And also I wanted to bring in like I knew that my experience obviously wasn't and all of it. So I, I wanted to interview people. Uh, and bring new fresh interviews and then also um, give behind the scene information. And so what happened was when I started it, I actually contacted Savage Steve Holland and I said, well, is there anything you want to add? And he was the most lovely, gracious, excited person. He was so happy that I brought this up and he was like, yes. And like, maybe, I don't know. I asked him and I thought, okay, I'll probably get something in like six months, literally like maybe in a, a week. I got like, a book like it was like it was like he sent me like 30 pages I was like oh my gosh you know and um it made me really happy because I knew that no matter what happened it made him really happy as well to go back down memory lane lane oh. remember lane okay. lane <laughs> like Lynn Meyer um so this is very good um so that was the first part of the excitement for me then I, because of COVID, I really took my time with it. I, I asked people for interviews. At first, some people didn't have time. Then I got interviews last minute later. So it was very exciting. And I didn't 
tell people, like I didn't say, and the book is coming out exactly here. I did like give people like a three months notice. I kept saying it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. Mm -hmm. But I didn't want to give that date because this book is not, um, it's not like a new project that has a movie coming out and everything has to be coordinated to that day. This book is going to be a word of mouth. Uh, celebration. Uh This book is something where if people know the movie, if you say to your friend, um, hey, do you know Better Off Dead? And they go, oh, yeah, I love that film. Then you pass on that information. Oh, my gosh, guess what? They just came out with a book. And this is like the the special features we've all been waiting for in the Blu-ray, but never got. So my feeling was, I feel like I have the whole year to celebrate this book. So that made it really much better for me because I have more surprises coming. People don't even know. There's so many exciting things. But but I'm just, what it is, is like, I let my fans know first, anybody who follows me. So Mm -hmm. anybody who follows me on Twitter or Facebook or Instagram. um, And then I, so they're getting the information first. They're getting to get these, getting to get the book first before more people are going to find out about it. And again, I have several things coming out that are going to make the, um, let more people know. Another part of this is doing podcasts. So if you're listening to this podcast, you are again, getting one more person, two more people finding out about it. And, um, you're in the know because it really is, um, that this film better off does just like the film. It, it is like a word of mouth. And it's like, I love this movie. I'm going to tell you about it and then go watch it. Um, And so I feel like this book is the same thing. It's a word of mouth. Um, It's not something you're going to find in the supermarket because it's not it's not appealing to the new generation. And it's also um, I don't know, like I think it's it's a it's a great movie for everyone, but maybe uh, but it's nostalgia. And if you value nostalgia, you're going to search and you're going to look for this. So this book doesn't get old. It will not be, it's not dated. It's Mm -hmm. not like you find out and you go, oh, well, I've read that. I know that because there's a lot of books that are dated, you know, like the minute you read it, you're like, okay, well, we're on to the next. This book is forever as with all my other books, because uh, it's the idea is go back to the eighties and visit the 80s. And if you don't know the 80s because you were born in the 90s or 2000s or the 2100s, you're um, you're going to get a chance to hear the vernacular. You're going to get a chance to feel what it was like to, um, what the entertainment was like, what the um, the genre was like. It just, you're, you're going to get a, a really uh, primary source from me. Totally. Oh, totally. <laughs> we're bringing you back. Oh, yes. Oh, we're yeah. back in the 80s, most triumphant. Right? Oh, that's bodacious. Right. There you go. Now we're, now we're in the mood, right? Now we're there. Now we're there. Yeah, yeah I would, well, and you alluded to it. You already, or you already uh, talked about it. But yeah, I was going to say that uh, just like the movie in the 80s, I mean, we didn't have the internet. We didn't have, everything was word of mouth. So yeah, I I love this approach with the book. It's it's unique and it's fresh and it's something different, and uh, you know it's nice because the podcasts are kind of like uh, going on the radio or going different places or even singing at Dodge Stadium. Mm, yeah, but of course, <laughs> yeah, people didn't even know that I sang at Dodger Stadium. And uh, by the way, 
I, when I did, it was 2004. I don't know if you could find it on the internet. Sometimes uh, Dodger Stadium is a little bit, um, uh, they don't want their state, the singers to be on the internet. I don't know. Everyone's breaking all the rules anyway on the internet. So who yeah. knows? But that was an example of me being able to do the film. Uh, and then years later being able to, I was at Dodger Stadium and um thinking oh my I saw like a lot of 80s you know film um they were doing sort of like throwbacks on the big Tron like uh oh, you know yeah. showing scenes from all the old movies and I thought oh my gosh maybe they want to do some kind of autograph signing or something like that and I had a manager at the time he contacted uh Dodger Stadium and they said oh no but if she'd like to sing the national anthem we'd love it and I was like what yes <laughs> like what? I'm afraid but yes anyway because Monique would do it right <laughs> so um yeah so yeah so I mean so so interesting the thing that I find um Again, so fascinating, you know, like, for instance, we are doing this podcast now. I have information now that I didn't have when I did previous podcasts, mm. which is um, I actually did a uh, hologram. Uh, I was in a hologram and it has to do with my book. It's going to be a promotion oh, wow. for my book in a hologram form. And it's a company called um, uh, Proto. Mm -hmm. And they are um, run by the person of the company is uh, David Nuss Nussbaum, but um, his nickname is Nuzzy. And I uh -huh. knew him when he was a long, long time ago when he was a podcaster. I did a podcast for him. And today he's got this company and they created this new technology. And I am I was so excited. He asked me to come and it's going to be this the first time they're using this technology as a hologram in this way. And Mind you, they just did a promotion of their project. And by the way, I don't get paid for this. I don't get paid to advertise for them. <laughs> you can't buy these machines like they're really expensive, but I mean, you can, but they're expensive. Mm -hmm. But um, they just were on the Ellen show and they were on the Today show. And like they use the technology on those shows. So the word is getting out about their product. But I feel extremely fortunate that, again, my book is going to be exposed in this way. That's going to be a big publicity push wow. that comes out. So um, but again, I, it's like we're talking about what made Better Off Dead such a great film mm -hmm. is that it is like you turn to your friend and you go, you do you get this like do you get it and <laughs> and then the other person yeah I get it it's hilarious and once you understand that like you can it's almost like you found your people yeah you know like if somebody loves better off dead you go yeah okay you're an, you're a good person like you yeah. get it <laughs> but if you don't get it like a lot of critics did not get it they were like oh it's too over the top and it's cartoony and they missed the beauty and the love of this film this film is mm -hmm. if you don't know the film it is a love story and a comedy and it talks about it's got dark issues and it's yeah. it's it's a sign of the times and it's um it's it's a positive female role model my character and and the actors i mean who are in it are all major big people that you know john mm -hmm. cusack david Agden steyer and um vincent schiavelli um Amanda Wist, Curtis Armstrong, Amiki yeah. Daly, like these voice, these names and these um, actors who are still acting today. And uh, 
have brought so much happiness, I think brought a lot of happiness into entertainment. I remember a couple of years after this came out, I remember uh, watching Karate Kid 2 and having a moment of not being able to take Chosen seriously because I recognized him from Better Off Dead from the from the car with the Howard Cosell voice. I was just like, oh, my gosh, that's him. It's like, OK, right. <laughs> it, it, that's absolutely because now and then like again we are so educated as uh in film today mm -hmm. uh, more so than we were in the 80s really because there wasn't the internet we couldn't go back and see that scene or or like oh let's check that actor out what movies are they in? let's go watch all their movies <laughs> yep we couldn't do that that was not a thing you had to watch it in the theater and then it was gone and then if it was on vhs you got to then watch it. Or if it was, I mean, a lot has changed uh, yeah. since I, you know, since certainly when I was doing these films, you could only watch a channel. You could, you only had 13 channels on the TV and you could only watch one show. And if you missed it in, and you were having dinner and you missed that show, you had to wait till the reruns. You were <laughs> yeah. out of luck, buddy, right? Yep. You are out of luck. You missed what you were not current and everyone at school would be talking about you know what was happening but you were clueless yeah and then you know the next generation was the generation of vhs and those tapes would run out and you know tapes would get played so much <laughs> that like all of a sudden the tape wouldn't be would be get stuck or it would break or you know you'd have to rent it again or something there would be problems um and then you know obviously the discs were made so much better mm -hmm. um but now with streaming like you, you even said you were trying to find better off dead and you couldn't find it streaming. And that's shocking to me because I go, oh, wow, like now anybody who has a copy of it, this is a collector's item. Mm -hmm. Who knows, you know, really what's going to happen if it'll ever come out again? I, I, I mean, streaming. Who, but wait, I you know what? Know. Actually, actually, wait a minute. I heard someone may. So wait, did you look and see? Because I thought it. Somebody might have told me maybe it was a different movie I did, but I was wondering like if somebody picked it up yet. I, was like, I don't know. I don't know. Well, I because it's funny because I think I saw it on sale on like Voodoo or Movies Anywhere or something recently, and I laughed. I was like, oh gosh, yeah, I've already got that, but you know, right? Uh, but but you know, so I didn't buy it then, and I didn't think about that uh, this week to like uh, go in there and, and see if it was still on sale or something like that. But yeah. Yeah, and, and these it. movies are, you know, I guess, I mean, obviously Better Off Dead is just mm -hmm. one of that world. Um, but, you know, since this is like a, a book podcast, you know, mm -hmm. um, I have to say that I really, I have, to, I love my other books, but this one is, I look at it and I feel really <laughs> proud because it's like going, I, I have so many wonderful things in it. I have pictures of all the fans wearing my better off dead coat oh, for over 10 years, 10 years of fans putting on my better off dead coat and taking a picture alone or with me. So that's in here, which is fascinating. I have quotes from people of how the movie affected their lives, mm -hmm. which is priceless, just priceless. Well, it, it uh, feeds into, yeah. you know, like you were saying before about some, some people didn't get it back at the time, but it had such heart. Uh, yeah, there were some over-the-top things that were just funny, 
which which is what made the style it's a stylized movie and by the way you know nickelodeon uh all the tv shows that came from that uh, came from this style like iCarly and zoe 101 and i mean they're old now but you know at the time like so much of nickelodeon's entertainment was affected by better off dead Mm -hmm. the cartoony style that was on purpose it wasn't like they were trying to be real it was something new um so i was trying to I was trying to explain to my wife the scene where uh, where Lane was going to hang himself. Yeah. And I'm realizing as I'm describing it, okay, this sounds horrible, but believe yeah. me, it's hilarious. She's just like, yeah. I, okay, yeah, I'm going to have to see this. I had to show her the scene. And yeah. she was like, yeah, okay. All right. right. Yeah. That's, that's funny. <laughs> well, see, that's why like, you can't really, you know, you can't put it in the, in the supermarket because it could be mm-hmm. misunderstood if you took it literally. Like I actually was asking people, um, I know that I guess better off dad's gotten to England and I really, uh, I just did a podcast with someone who I was saying, uh, who's from the UK. And I said, you got, you get better off. Dead. Do you understand the humor? Do you understand it's, it's, it's funny, like it's not meant to be serious, but you can't assume that unless people understand uh, sarcasm if you, or, you know, something's over the top because you, if you take it literally, then if you take it literally, you go, oh, well, that's obviously not real or obviously that's a terrible message or, you know, like you don't understand the tone. Yeah. And, and, you know, every country um, in the world has, uh, they laugh but they don't laugh unless if you understand the language, then you, you know, it, some things are funny to one culture and not to another. Mm-hmm. But if anybody falls down, everybody laughs. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's, right. That's right. You fall down and it, I don't care what country you come from, you're going to laugh. So that's oh, that's God. kind of the universal understanding of of comedy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I got a, I got a sneak peek inside the book. I was looking at it online and I saw one of the really cool things that you did was you went through by, by the characters, e- e- like each chapter is, a, is another character from the movie. And that is so cool that we get to get a little bit of their background. We get to hear about how they came about. What, what all went into that? Was that just all Steve or was it the interviews that you did? Oh, no. Uh, For me, when I envisioned the book, I saw it as a fan and I thought I want to visit all the characters, because what if I identify with one person or identify with somebody else? It's like I felt like that was really an important part of the book because we watched the film and, you know, with any kind of I think those the teen films, we've everyone always sees themselves as one of the characters, Mm. Um, especially during the 80s. That was a very common thing, you know, like, am I the nerd or am I the jock or am I, you know, kind of those were um, to a certain extent, I think it's just kind of we're trying to find who we are in in what we see and um the so what so I did that and I did that even to the smaller characters because I I knew like anybody who watches this film has seen it more than once several times they know the dialogue they know the they've memorized the dialogue they know what's going on in the background um and that's a different way of viewing. That's, in fact, I think that's perhaps one of the reasons why the film has done so well still to this day, because you can watch it like you watch something on the internet over and over again. Yep. And uh, you, and it's still funny several times, you know, after seeing it, um, how many times you see it. Um, so, okay, so the characters to me were uh, not just 
um, like it's not just Ricky, but they're uh, archetypes. And that means that they're like, they're part of our culture. Mm-hmm. They are, they never get old. And um, what does, what has happened though, is with the world today, we are a lot more, um, we don't, we're much more tolerant, not tolerant, but we are more aware of don't put people down. This is a really important thing. And when I wrote this book, when, what went through me in my head was, you know, I could use a lot of words that kind of our generation or my generation would be like, oh yeah, like, um, you know, dork, dork head, like I say, dork head, right? And uh, <laughs> so this is not bad Well, when I was doing it, but perhaps someone who is a nerd would be offended by dork head, right? So uh, this is, um, but on the other hand, so I had to really think about what makes this character, like. I mean, even Ricky, what makes him likable and not likable? Like, you know, some people might associate themselves with him. And if that's the case, you know, he is not a, a bad character or a character that's he's not bad for being nerdy, but he is bad for being uh, lascivious and being, <laughs> you know, uh, a six maniac and, uh, you know, like um, and uh, objectifying me, like, you know, yeah. that kind of thing. So I had to be very thoughtful in how I'm dealing with these characters, because today's generation, it is not a given that we just say, you know, or like, um, I'm just trying to think even the, the jock, you know, saying that someone like uh, Aaron Dozier playing, um, playing the bad guy. And what, what his real problem is, is his vanity. It's really him being like, well, I'm all that. And that kind of, um, what do you call it? Egotism is still not attractive today. Pride is okay if you're, you know, let's say a woman or like, but guys, guys who have, you know, and by the way, having confidence is great. We're trying to get Lane to have confidence in the story, but Aaron takes it a step further and he puts down people. So he is technically the bully. Um, And so there's a lot of things that have, that were different in this book that, I considered when I wrote it. Um, so it's not the typical, you know, name calling and that's what they are and not what they are. Um, I even made a point of saying, which I think is really funny, that if Monique was born today, she would be reporting Ricky to the principal. Because it's not okay. <laughs> you know, she would not stand for it. It's hashtag me too. It's not good. <laughs> and she would raise some eyebrows when she talked about his testicles being all around her. Yes, what are you doing talking about your testicles? What is this? What is this? Your testicles, keep them to yourself. Yes, that's uh, right. <laughs> uh, but so, so it is, it's a whole different world, you know? And yeah. I, I just wanted to be considerate of that, but also, obviously, it's hilarious. The, the whole, you know, um, I know that uh, 80s films have sometimes been reassessed today by today's audiences, right? Like, Oh, sure. Um, I remember some movies like I guess even The Breakfast Club is that a movie that's been sort of attacked? I think I think Breakfast Club a little bit. Sixteen Candles has certainly been that uh, one. Yeah, that's one that's been like, oh no, you d- can't do that one today, right? So like, there's a lot of sometimes you go, oh wow, like you know. And what's fascinating to me is that that movie, um, we as actors, we just did our work and we did all these things. 
and where something could be so popular today could be so unpopular. That's mm. like fascinating. And it, uh, I'm, I'm even like um, Bill and Ted's, you know, Bill and Ted's, we never, that movie almost didn't come out. It was sitting on the shelf. It wasn't because um, of the times. It was because the people who made the movie when they did it, the distributors or the people who were, were going to put it out didn't think it was good enough. And they, they thought it was immature. They thought it was juvenile, whatever. They just thought it wasn't a good movie in their eyes. But thank goodness they did bring it out because that movie was really kind of a savior during the pandemic. Because, you know, we're talking about Bill and Ted Face the Music was a, a time. It couldn't have been better timing for that film to come out. Mm-hmm. That it made everybody feel good. And then everyone would go back and watch the old films. So it's it's quite amazing when you're an actor to experience the different. You do a movie, but you can never count on that being there accepted forever. Mm-hmm. It's going to be seen from many different angles. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And the 80s keep coming back. So oh, that, I like that. that's the cool thing. <laughs> I, I keep seeing more 80s coming back. I, I love to quote 80s stuff in my in my books. And you're right, though. I, I have to be careful about like I'll I'll go to make a joke 80s style. I'm thinking, oh, I don't know if that I can do that one anymore. I got to I got to consider this and I got to pick a different one. And, yeah, uh, it, it is because it's not. And then sometimes you realize your own like, wait. That is not, yeah. It's like you suddenly go, wait, I, I didn't mean that, you mm-hmm. know. Um, so it just, and then look, the, you know, the pendulum was flaps back and forth. I'm sure yeah. we'll, you know, get to a place where then, oh yeah, that's very mild, you know, whatever. It's just you, <laughs> you know, you just try to. I, I, when I was, one of the things about this book, which I also think is cool is no matter what happens, people are going to be looking at it and going, oh, wow, this was written during this time period when everything was more PC and, and everything was more um, considerate. Mm. Uh, hashtag me too was going on. Um, Black Lives Matter. You know, all these things were happening during the time that this book was written. And that's yeah. another part of it. I even make a reference at the end that this is, uh, uh, that was written during COVID. Mm-hmm. Because I'm 10 years from here, people are going, oh, yeah, what was, how did you live through that? It was, you were under a pandemic, didn't you? Right? I mean, hopefully. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, we all are a part of history. That's Pardon? right. That's right. Well, so, I mean, I, uh, I'm trying to think of, like, I, I had a list of questions, but I realized some of my head are going, could be spoilers for the books. I don't want to, like, steal anything from that. Oh, but what about, will- like... Uh, what was like uh, one of your favorite lines from the movie? Oh, oh, well, you know, <laughs> I always, I always thought that it was really funny when Curtis said, um, "Do you know the street value of this?" Of the oh, no, no the street value of this. No, no, I should be look. I should look it up. I'm going to look it up because I have it in my book. I have a quote section, so because I thought, oh yeah, people have to know it. Um, Oh, and then, oh my gosh, I'm just looking at Curtis's lines. Um, yeah, it, it's, do you have the, any idea what the street value of this mountain is? That's really funny to me. I thought that was really funny. And then, of course, this is, has always been a classic. I've been going to this high school for seven and a half years. I'm no dummy. Um, 
uh, yeah, I, I know high school girls. So like I, that line, I've been going to the high school for seven and a half years. The idea of someone saying that with such commitment, I just hear him saying that probably my favorite lines in oh the, in the film. always made me laugh. You know, and it, it reminds me too, that you were talking about the characters and, and how, <clears throat> how much everybody loves them. And I think it's because we recognize each of them. Their, their character types we recognize and, and we know somebody like that or at least oh yeah I, I think our generation definitely is like oh I know that guy and I know this mm-hmm. guy I knew Curtis's character I knew a guy like that and, and so they were all relatable on some level oh I think that's one of the uh, important things about movies mm-hmm. is that we look at movies and we see ourselves and we see the people we know and we also see the, I mean, from Better Off Dead, what I really loved about the film is when you watch the movie, you, sometimes life is so horrible and it is so unbearable and it is so sad. And when you, but if you look at it through the lens of, can you believe this is happening? Like, uh, like the, the lens of Better Off Dead is it's, like looking at your best friend and going, can you believe this is happening? Like there's so many times where um, that the, the idea of sharing it with someone else mm. in that film, it's like you're on the inside of the joke. You're on yeah. the inside. Mm-hmm. And so, for example, um, the mom's bad cooking. All right. <laughs> yeah. Everybody knows someone who is a horrible cook, mm-hmm. might be your mother, might be your aunt, whatever it is, and you keep your mouth shut because you're trying to be polite. But what's great is the, the viewer who watches this movie feels like they are keeping, they've kept their mouths shut and finally some, they're, in, they're feeling what Lane feels when he looks at his mother's dinner. Yeah. And it's, a, it's like the inside joke. And I love that. I think, I, I, I don't know if I'm explaining it well, but I love the idea where you watch something and you go, oh, I'm, I feel that. Like, yeah, that, that is the worst food I've ever had. And I can't say anything about it because mm-hmm. I'm going to get yelled at. My mom's going to get mad, whatever. <laughs> I'm just keep it in, keep yep. it in. Yep. But somebody's so, going to watch that and it's going to relate to them. They're going to be like, oh, yes, I know that feeling. Yeah. I know that um, feeling. Yeah, it, yes. Whoever's, mm, yeah, I almost slipped there for a second. I almost, said right? <laughs> almost said a dish that came to mind. Don't but, say that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, somebody's yeah. dish, like, oh, yes, when they make that was, mm, yep. And, and you I, just got to keep your mouth shut. Uh, maybe that's different this in this generation. You know, this generation is uh, about saying everything and everything's uh, on the yeah. internet and everything's like, look at my great food, look at my disgust disgusting food um you know everything is everyone is sharing their opinions with everything so just the even the idea of keeping something in might be a novel thing to someone watching it today yeah but those of us who grew up with it we know yeah (laughs) we know you keep your mouth shut you don't you just don't say don't do it you know um and that's um like what I, i liked about monique because monique could keep her mouth shut Mm-hmm. And not many characters do that. Uh, perhaps foreign foreigners maybe more in movies. You know, like coming into a country, watch more because they don't speak the language very well. Um, 
But I love that about Monique because the ha- first half of the film, you only s- see what she, how she reacts. You have no idea mm-hmm. that she has so many opinions. And I have found this to be true of anyone from a different country. They have a lot of opinions, but they maybe are one in their culture was trained not to say anything. Mm. Uh, Americans say everything, right? Yeah. <laughs> but in that one culture, like we just, you know, you may not, you're trained not to in your family. Um, another thing you're taught maybe is, um, but, but you do have opinions, mm-hmm. you know, you do have a lot of thoughts. And so you get somebody alone or, the, or you get somebody who's speaking your native language and you're all out, you know, like, what do you think they were doing? Like, you know, this is, you know, that's ridiculous. I can't believe they did that. You know? Oh, so. Well, I mean, that's, that's part of the, uh, the attraction to Monique is that she's got her opinions. She's got her knowledge base. She's not afraid to try something like, like pulling out the book and start working on the car. And she sees in lane, what he's capable of who he is and i think you know like i said i think that's part of what got so many uh so many uh, boys growing up that were just falling in love going like oh i want to find a monique i want somebody who's going to look at me and you know there's you don't want the uh you don't want the the girl that's always looking for the other guy the hot guy you want the girl that looks inside you and and finds the best in you. And fortunately, I found mine. I found my Monique. Oh, so she's upstairs. Monique. And you know, <laughs> that makes me so, so happy because if that is what it did for people, um, it's super. Another thing, too, like Monique's very capable. Mm-hmm. And when you see this movie, suddenly you go, wait, I want to find somebody who I can talk to and who is capable, who like has interests. Yeah. Um, it is not just about shopping or buying things or looking pretty like looking great is great but obviously you don't i know uh, you don't you don't marry the the one who just looks like on the outside like just perfect you don't you can't there's nothing holding Mm -hmm. it together it a a relationship is held together by interests Mm -hmm. by sense of humor and uh yeah if you have a common interest you both like to shop you both like to do that's one thing but um what I really am happy about with Better Off Dead is that you get to see this girl on a deeper level mm-hmm. and she can be all of herself, which allows Lane to be all of him. Yeah. You know, it's really important to be free in, in, in who you are, to be who you are. And when you're close to someone, you want to be who you are. Um, that doesn't mean to say that you're going to be your worst version of you. We always want to try to be our best with our partners or people because that's a sign of respect. That's a sign of care. Monique is very brave and she does not expect Lane to be her, mm-hmm. but she expects him to stop, stop it. Stop putting yourself down. You know, as much as you are, are feeling bad about yourself, you're also not being fair. You're not being, um, you're actually not looking at yourself fairly because as as you know, down as you are in yourself, there's many wonderful qualities and it's not fair for you to judge yourself only on the negative ones. That means you're, you're not even being truthful. You know, we all have great things about us. Every single person does. So, um, but it's where you choose to focus. So Monique takes the focus and puts it on the truth. It's like, stop only seeing what is bad of you. You can do it, you know? Mm -hmm. That's right. And, uh, you know, you can do it. Go get it. Go ski the K-12. Why are you judging yourself, you know, before you even try? I think that when what's really cool about the romance between Lane and Monique 
is that she, she, they, it's like a magnet, you know, um, some people are, um, strong and she finds the softness, the weakness in Lane and she tries to help him. And then what's fabulous is when she's in trouble and she's weak and she's being tortured by the Smiths, he comes and rescues her. It's very nice, you know, and he stands up for her even, um, to, um, Aaron Dozier to Roy Stalin. Mm-hmm. So they take turns being brave. And I yeah. think that's really a strong part of, of what a relationship is, is that you take turns helping each other. And so that is my advice as Monique. <laughs> right? Remember, don't forget to practice your language lessons too. Right? <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, was there uh you got to cover so many things with all of the characters, the locations, what went into it, the directors. Was there anything you really wanted to cover, but you it just didn't work out? Anything that you were like, oh, oh I wanted yeah. to talk about that. Okay. First of all, I really wanted to find Scooter Stevens, who paid Badger, the, son, the brother. I really wanted to find him oh, to yeah. interview. I looked everywhere on the internet, could not find him. Um, the irony was after I did all these interviews, I talked to, uh, and I finished the book, Aaron Dozier said, oh yeah, I ran into him in a college party. And he was like, yeah, I stopped acting. And I was like, what? Like, <laughs> I was like, uh, you know, I really just, I wish that I had been able to talk to him. Um, I also wish I had gotten to be able to include in an interview with John Cusack. Um, mm. I have to say that um, I wrote about John and you will read about it. Mm -hmm. Um, And so did Savage. Um, My feeling about John is that it's not that he was, I actually spoke to him about it, um, but I respect the fact that every actor does not necessarily want to be known for every film they do. And I feel like John may want to be more taken more seriously. So I gave, I'm giving, I try to give, people's space you know mm-hmm. he is who he is and and at some point maybe he'll write a book or maybe he'll write something uh or maybe he will make a point of saying well this is wh- what i really want to be remembered for mm-hmm. better off dead fans will always remember him as lane and they'll watch his other films because they fell in love with him they they you know they were him from better off dead you know yeah. i know people who watch that film and they're like oh i'm gonna follow john because he i identify with him um, so Savage wrote some great stuff about John. I didn't even know. And then I wrote stuff as well. So it's an excellent chapter. It's an excellent, uh, <laughs> to share about him. And, um, yeah, you know, I think that I have, if I get any information, if John ever does decide to do an interview with me, like he would let me, you know, say, oh, that's okay. Cause I know Curtis wrote about him as well in his book. Mm. Um, I would do a revision of this. I would add it and then I would put it out again. So if if that ever happened, I would definitely do that because people, he's such a major part of the story. I mean, he's the lead guy that, that is going through it. And um, I think that we're all curious about how he felt about doing it aside from the actor perspective. You know, we all know like as an actor, maybe that wasn't what he, you know, identified with, but the character, you mm. know, playing Lane, I think people are more interested in how does it feel to play someone who wants to kill themselves? Like who just, you know, who's gotten so sad and so depressed and so hopeless 
hopeless. Like mm-hmm. they lost their, they lost their vision. They I lost think a lot their, of people could. Yeah. I think a, a lot, excuse me. A lot of people would learn from that, especially through COVID. Cause that yeah. there, was, there was a lot of that. I completely agree. Mm-hmm. Um, so who knows? Who knows if that's something that is open to happen again. What I really like about these books is that I can, um, they're a, they're a work in prog- progress and things mm-hmm. can be adapted. Um, but whoever gets it now gets the first version. And it's just, uh, yeah, it's just interesting. Um, I also got to talk about Beth, who is still to this day, Monique and Beth in real life are friends. Friends. <laughs> we are real friends. We talk all the time and uh, we try to do events together if possible. Um, it's kind of funny. I, I always thought it would be kind of funny if Beth and Monique did their own movie. <laughs> <laughs> Lane, they've dumped Lane. Forget Lane. We're we're gonna go on the road and be hanging out. So it's kind oh, of a wow. funny. Oh, um, that'd be great. Isn't that funny. Uh, so she's a. I love her, and I have a great chapter on her. And uh, yeah, um, we um, are dear friends, and uh, it's Amanda Wiss. So obviously, mm-hmm. those of you who are hep on that, yeah, keep an, keep an eye on our you know Instagrams and our. Uh, social media because we connect yeah perfect yeah i think i saw i think i saw a lot of that last time and speaking of social media i think what, what happened was I, why i missed your your uh, announcement that the book was available was i was on a cruise around that time that is so i kept trying to think of it later on and i realized oh that's what it was yeah i was i was away i was out of the country so during that time but yep so i missed it oh, that time but um I was going to say there are two, two more things you asked me about what I wish about the book. Yeah. Um, I wished that I had gotten an interview with Laura Waterbury. She had passed oh. before I did the book, but I remember wanting to do the book before. And then I found out that she passed and I was so upset because I would have loved to have talked to her. She would yeah. have been amazing. And then I also wanted to do an interview with um, Kim Darby, but Kim, actually the funny thing is I saw Kim, I think it was almost the last convention she ever did. I don't know if she's doing conventions anymore. And so um, I was able to get a picture of us together, mm-hmm. but um, I was w- hoping that we would be able to do one, but it was, you know, she now needs her peace and her peace. And who knows? I mean, obviously she could come out and be, you know, like, ta-da, but uh, <laughs> at this point she was, she wasn't available. And so I was like, okay, I, I respect that. That's where, that's yeah. where you're at. So, but I still talked lovingly about her. So you will hear about <laughs> the terrible cook. She is fantastic. So sorry. Oh, uh, is, um, Mrs. Mayo. Did, did you get to talk? I'm trying to remember uh, when David passed away. Did you get to talk oh. to him? I didn't. Well, no, that was that was so long ago. That was probably fifteen years ago that David passed away. Um, Wow! And yeah, I know, isn't it wild? Um, I think. uh, Well, no, 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 no. I'm sorry, he didn't pass away that long ago. He worked with my daughter fifteen years ago, so I don't know when he did. But it was. I did not get a chance to interview him, Um, but I do have some cool stories. Oh, that's about him, and Savage does too. That was really good. Oh, that'll be great. Yeah, that was different for me to see him growing up watching MASH and then to see oh, him on yeah, this. Right? I was like, wait, what? It's like, this is weird. And then it was funny, his career going forward, how many different characters he would play. I was like, wow. So, yeah, so many different uh, ones. In fact, I, I as a child, watched MASH too. Mm-hmm. And 
I didn't know he was Lane's dad. Like I didn't make the association because his characters were so different. Yeah. It took me uh, like, I think after years after we did it that I went, wait a minute, that's the same guy. Like, wow. Right. <laughs> uh, so wonderful. Oh, He's an, a tremendous actor. Yes. Yes. Wonderful guy. Oh my gosh. I, so much good stuff. I, I can't wait to dive into this. I'm, I'm adding that to my cart. I'm going to, or, or do you have it in your, on your website or you will not be disappointed. Um, so I have to fix my website. I don't, I, gosh, I, I haven't even see, here we go. I'm, it's still, <laughs> the book is still coming out. You're knowing about it before I even get it on things. Um, it is, I just tell people go straight to Amazon and okay. order it. Um, if you do buy the book, when you come to a convention I'm at, I will sign it for free. Awesome. So that's the bo- the bonus of getting it. I will sign it for free if you have it. Mm-hmm. Um, I will always at conventions have the book to purchase as well. Um, but right now, the only way you can get it signed is by coming uh, going to a convention. Um, so hang on to it. You, you, you know, have it. Um, I know I'm going to a convention April this month, April 14th and 15th at um, in Burbank at the um, it's the Hollywood show. I'm going to be in Burbank, California at the Hollywood show. And then I'm, I, I mean, I may get other conventions coming up, but I have one in the UK, um, November. Um, let me see, like it's a, the week of like, I think the third, 14th to the 23rd, something like that. Mm, okay. I think, I think it's around, it's like a week in uh, like second week of November. And then I also, I'm going to, I think, be at 80s in the Sand. And if you are an 80s lover, you have to check this out. They were called 80s in the Sand. I think now they're just called The Sand, The Sands. Um, Look up 80s in the Sand and you will find it. It is a week-long 80s vacation with 80s celebrities. You will meet all these 80s celebrities, but you also will meet 80s bands like they just signed The Cult. And oh, wow. uh, Belinda Carlisle is going to be there. Wow. Last year they had Billy Idol. Um, they had Seb- they've had Sebastian Bach. Um, they've had they have a wide range of uh, performers. Um, I-, I can't even. You have to look on the list. It is the greatest event ever, and it is week long. Week long. This one is in Mexico. They used to have it in the Dominican Republic in Punta Cana. Mm-hmm. So. I, again, I'm not being paid to say this. <laughs> I go every year because I love it. Yeah. And what's really cool, again, is you'll meet your people because the people who go to this event love the 80s. So you don't have to explain why you like Ferris Bueller's Day Off or why you like, um, you know, any of the, you know, 16 Candles or Better Off Dead or Bill and Ted's. Everybody who's there loves the 80s. So yeah. um, check it out. That's yes. My inside oh, yes. Recommendation. I'm going to have to look for that. Yeah. I'm going to have to, uh, you and Amanda will have to come up to uh, Kansas City Planet Comic Con sometime. Oh, so. please. I have never been to Kansas City and I would love, uh, uh, this is the one thing I do know about conventions. The people who do conventions need to hear from the patrons. So yeah. if you yeah. want an actor to come to your convention near you, uh, and it could be, I mean, not just me, but anyone you love, you need to contact them and say, please, please, please bring these people because the people who run conventions need to hear it from the public. There we okay. go. Yep. 
got, I know some people there. <laughs> and I know some people there. I'm going to have to reach out to them. Yeah. See if I can get it. I know uh, we went uh, last year and uh, I was so excited because there was like Lou Ferrigno was there and uh, oh gosh, uh, uh, Flash Gordon. Um, oh, see? Uh, his name. But and it, I'm standing off to the side helping my wife with something. I'm looking over and I was waiting to go. I was going to be on a panel. And I was looking over and I'm watching this guy pull out all these Flash Gordon toys, talking with Sam Jones, talking oh. with Sam Jones. And I was just like, oh, my gosh, look at this guy. And, and Sam was just wonderful. I was watching him just interact. And he's pulling up each one of them. And, oh, yes, this one. I remember this. So this has this uh, shooting figure. Oh, that that. And so I was cool. like, wow, that was so great. You know, and you can't get that interaction anywhere else. Just watching a movie or doing anything else. You get people you got to get got to get out there and see Diane and, and bring the book with you. Yes, and we will take a picture, and I will bring the better of dead coat. You can take a picture in it. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, yeah, no, I mean, it is, I think, you know, there are many wonderful things that can happen to you in your life. You get married, you have children, you travel, you get a, a, a job that you love, you make awesome, you have great times with your friends. Um, but these conventions are will blow your mind they will you for you will remember them for the rest of your life and it's it's i can't talk enough about how much i enjoy i enjoy i even see people that i grew up with i remember seeing um uh, the people from green acres when i first went <laughs> yeah. green acres now those of yes. you know that shows how old i'm but i was a little kid but but I would I I saw um, the actors from Green Acres and I remember being just blown away. I I just it, it was because I grew up watching them. You yeah. know Herman Munster. Uh, you know I took pictures with him and I took pictures with. Uh, I have so many wonderful experiences. So um, if you've never done it, it's it, it will it will be an experience. You will be so happy you did. So oh wonderful. So for the for the book lovers out there, are you going to have copies with you? at the convention yes absolutely oh, perfect so i will have uh, copies of the book and i will have um at all the conventions i will have copies of all my books and photos and um yeah so you can and we can take pictures together and we'll have fun we will yes. have a grand time it would be magnifique <laughs> outstanding what's uh, what's coming next for you what are you working on next you know um gosh there are some things happening well, I've got some, I've got a, a short film that's supposed to come out. Um, that's going to be sort of probably going the film festival circuit. Hmm. Um, I think it's called Looking Up, actually, which is strange because I know other movies called Looking Up, too. Um, but it, it takes place in the 50s, which is very cool. So it's the first character, I've, well, second character I've ever played in the 50s. I did one in the night uh, called Boone when I was a teenager. Um but this is a very special film, very cool. It's kind of like an X-Files. Mm -hmm. okay. um, and I have a movie called um, Waking Nightmare. And I have no idea when that comes out. But if it does come out, it will be uh, coming out probably in film festivals as well. And that one, I will scare the heck out of you. You've never <laughs> seen me play a character like this. So there's, it's a whole new world, right? Oh. Um, and right now I have several movies on you can watch that are new. I have Wake um, High Holiday, which is out on Peacock channel. And I, I play, um, that's with Jennifer Tilly and Tom Arnold and the late Cloris Leachman, which oh, is amazing. Yeah. 
Um, and then I have um, on Hulu, which is, I have Amityville 2, The Possession is playing mm -hmm. again, um, <laughs> but also a movie called Ted Bundy, um, American Boogeyman. And that is special because I have a cameo in it, but my daughter actually has a lead and she is the one who fights off Ted Bundy. Her name is Olivia De Laurentiis. So oh, you can follow my daughter. My daughter was actually on the TV show Pivoting also. She played a secretary on the show and Donna. So if you look up Olivia De Laurentiis, that is Diane Franklin's daughter. So <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of fun. So Wonderful. yeah. Um, oh, so yeah, yeah, as far as like things coming out uh, right now, um, I just have the conventions coming out right now. So okay. uh, I do, there are other films that I think may be in the works, but I can't say anything about them yet until, until sure. they're done. That's, that's the entertainment. <laughs> you can't say it until it's done. Then sure. you know you did it. <laughs> yep. Do you have any ideas for, uh, for your next book? Oh my God. Thank you for asking. That's so funny. Um, I was just, you know, I wasn't even thinking about it. And then I had, I thought, okay, well, I definitely at some point would like to write um, an acting book for actors. So oh. that is definitely somewhere down the line, but that's mm -hmm. a different world. Um, I was thinking perhaps I might write a book with, um, it might, might give, I don't know if anyone's interested, but I have, I've learned so much in my life that I thought might be kind of interesting to write a book about like advice in different areas of my, like when you go through life, you know, uh, sort of life advice, because yeah. sometimes we don't have perspective when we're going through it, but later on, you know, if you have someone who's older, who's gone through things and you go, oh, okay, I never thought of it that way. I never saw it. And uh, it obviously would be very, I think, helpful to people, which is why I would write it I, for no other reason, but that sometimes I say things and people go, oh my gosh, like it didn't, never occurred to me that you know you could look at something like that so uh that might be kind of a sort of advice book um and then who knows i, I might do maybe um a horror one you know maybe focusing yeah. on the horror films i've done because i have done quite a bit of them now so right. i might do a you know one focusing on horror so we'll see if you if any of these sound interesting please uh let jason know because i would i'd be interested <laughs> in what kind of book you'd like to have me you know do i will have to give us some thought i would even be yeah. interested in if if you ever decide to do anything fiction wise oh my gosh somebody asked me that like would i want to write a movie or yeah. a book i have thought about it uh yeah. and i have that i have a lot of different ideas it i because i really feel like if i did something uh there's so many different yeah what genre would i choose and what style <laughs> and what subject matters. So mm -hmm. I do have a lot of uh, ideas. So yes, thank you for that one. I'll, I'll come back to you on that. <laughs> right, I owe you it, the next podcast, right? <laughs> All right, perfect. perfect. <laughs> All right, thank you so much for uh, for coming on the show. Uh, where where could people find and follow you online? Well, it's very nice for you to do. If you want to follow me, I would love for you to, um, because it's very fun on my pages and sites that what I do. Um, <laughs> You can go to uh, Diane Franklin 80 on Twitter. So 80, not an S. And you can go to actress Diane Franklin on Instagram. I probably should say Instagram, actress Diane Franklin. Twitter, Diane Franklin 80. Uh, 
And Facebook, that's the tricky one. Don't go to Diane Franklin Facebook because it's full. I have like a thousand people on waiting lists trying to, to get in. So go to Diane Franklin official fan page. And I think that's a group under group. Mm, and you'll see uh, two my black and white pictures, which now I have to actually change because it was only my first two books. I think I have to do the three books. And that is um, that is me, too. But my um, my manager also runs it as well. So but it's me. So I will put new things on there as well. So, um, yeah, that's where to follow me if Great. you want to follow me. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Wonderful. All right. Mercy Buckets. I, I appreciate you coming on the show. This has been so much fun and what a trip down memory lane for, for me. And uh, I just, I wish you all the best. I, I can't uh, wait to, uh, to check out. The I game. hope to meet you in person once we me can, too. we can have French fries and French bread and Peru. All right? <laughs> That's, right. That's right. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, it is my time to step aside with my coffee and uh, listen in to our guest, Diane Franklin, with the excellent, take a breath, the excellent comedy of The Last American, French Exchange, Babe of the 80s, The Better Off Dead movie tribute book. Jenny Meyer. Jenny Meyer is the almost perfect mom. She's a nonstop cleaner, an experimental cook, and she has an unconventional taste in clothes and gifts. Well, what more could you want? She would do anything for her kids, even if that means allowing Badger to cut out cereal box labels with the cereal still in it, or making Lane an innovative, alive dessert. She keeps her husband fashionable by buying him uh, trendy clothes, like an aardvark jacket, and always gives Christmas gifts she knows are your favorite. How about that TV dinner, the one that with a chocolate nut brownie? True, she may not be the best homemaker, but she does mean well. And she's most definitely a positive influence on the family. Of course, Lane, well, she knows he's depressed and she's not sure what to do to help him. Maybe cheer him up. She suggests he goes over and meets the new French exchange student living next door. Uh, perhaps a dinner with the Smiths will help. Well, nothing like a mother's intuition. If it weren't for Jenny Meyer, Lane would never have met Monique. Sometimes moms give the best advice. All right. And once again, that was Diane Franklin reading a sample chapter from her new book, the excellent comedy of the last American French exchange babe of the 80s, the Better Off Dead movie tribute book. <laughs> Click the link in the show notes for the book, for Diane, all of her social media, and make sure you also get over and see her this week at the Hollywood show. You also want to make sure you are clicking the links for our sponsors, affiliates, and podcast friends. And hit that subscribe button so you don't miss out next week when I am back with an all-new author, a new book, and a brand new sample chapter. Take care, everyone. Talk to you again real, real soon.